This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Hi, welcome to the Reading Teachers Lounge. Today we have a special guest, Anna Bulldog. She is from Booker Class App, and we're going to talk about the importance of storytelling today, which is an episode topic that Mary and I have been wanting to talk about since the very beginning of the Reading Teachers Lounge. So we're very happy to have you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do within the world of literacy. So, as you said, my name is Anna Bolduk and I am from Hungary. Uh, our company is also based in Hungary, in Europe. Uh, we are a company working on storytelling and basically making uh, reading a habit in children's lives. Uh, my personal background is going back to language learning. Uh, I was studying French and Hungarian as a foreign language in the university. And uh, I'm a reader myself, and this is how I uh, started to work here at Booker Kids around almost six years ago. Uh, so this company is basically creating digital, uh, digital reading materials for children. And my role within the company was changing so much. I've been a project manager for a Hungarian library application. Uh, I was uh, working on Booker Class specifically, which is, which is an English as a foreign language or second language uh, tool. Uh, and at the moment, I'm responsible for uh, our customer success, uh, but I'm closely working together with our educational team, our psychologist, and of course, our product team. This sounds like such a neat program. Um, you know, storytelling is definitely so important for children because they love to have that shared experience. Can you just tell us a little bit about Booker and why storytelling um, is important for readers? that you know, your company feels and you probably are very passionate about too. Exactly. Uh, as I said, we, we really wanted to, I mean, th this is really our mission to make reading a habit, to make it something uh, more accessible for the children. Uh, I think as a first uh, thought, I would say that, uh, for example, digital reading, that's not something that should replace uh, physical books. So that's, uh, I think that's important. Uh, if you talk about our company or if you talk about storytelling in general too. So we really believe that stories are stories, no matter how they are told. And uh, what matters is that it gets to children. And we see that uh, 21st century children, of course, they have different needs. Uh, they might be more familiar with a tablet or, or a phone than, uh, than with a book or they're a bit less interested in books. Uh, so this is why we created the solution that build a bridge between the traditional values of books and, uh, and the advantages of, uh, of the innovations of the 21st century. I think we can all agree that storytelling is common, uh, regardless of our background, our culture, uh, even the age that we are born, uh, born into. Uh, even prehistoric people to told stories. Uh, what we know about, of course, is the cave paintings, but uh, Maybe, maybe they were also, also actually telling stories or I'm sure that they had songs, they dances. 
they they found their way to uh, to share these uh, uh, these ideas in their mind, and I'm sure that all of us, our readers, uh, our listeners, or you, everyone has memories from our childhood that our grandma sharing the story or our teacher. Uh, it it really plays an, an extremely important role in the in education and especially in early early childhood uh, education. Uh, this is really something that everyone can relate to. And storytelling can appear in so many forms. It can be spoken word, it can be a book, it can be uh, a cartoon, uh, it can be pictures, music, multimedia. Uh, so there's a, uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to share it. Why I think it's very important is that narratives are engaging, they're able to catch and hold attention, they're memorable, uh, and they offer so many things. Uh, I think that uh, if we are all readers, I can imagine, uh, then then we can uh, we we really have this uh, I don't know common feeling that that you can learn about new cultures, you can empathize with the characters, you can identify yourself uh, with the characters, you can experience their pain, their happiness. Uh, so it really improves so many so many personal skills as well other than just reading comprehension literacy and so on i um i have young children right now and i would say that one of their very 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 favorite things to do is just curl up and mom tell me a story mm -hmm. you know and the more vivid it is the better and adding on together and what a wonderful shared experience it is and um what a wonderful way to you know capitalize on what kids are very interested in. I have to just share a quick, quick tidbit too, because my daughter has um, a teacher and this is our second round. My, my older daughter also had her and she is just one of those unique humans who is just a, an amazing storyteller. You know, everybody is totally capable of telling, but there are some people who are just have such a knack for it. And she is one of those people. And the children in our preschool class truly believe that she's a fairy and that she has like fairy powers and she can communicate with fairies. And she just has such a magical way of, you know, tapping into children's imagination. So I just wanted to kind of like poke into that a little bit because mm -hmm. I think we can all relate to someone either from our childhood or, you know, in our lives right now that, that really sparks that imagination. So, okay, keep going. I'm, I'm enthralled. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Uh, exactly. Imagination. That's one of, uh, one of the, sets or, or skills that it uh, obviously improves uh, and th these are the experience that I think that they will remember and I think this is uh, the story you just shared I think that's the way of uh, of probably making readers for the future my kindergarten teacher and had us gather on the carpet and she called it like the magic carpet like in Aladdin you know and we would oh. all gather on the magic carpet and every story she read to us would take us on all these journeys around the world. And I think that's when I fell in love with fiction just as a five-year-old. Um, also, I think there's something, like we've said before on the podcast, like we're like wired for story. And it's something I think about the brain, like in helping with memories, because when I see former students that I've had, like they never remember my fractions lesson or, you know, when I taught them about magnets or anything, they remember the stories I told them. They will ask about this story five or 10 years later. That's what they remember from their time in my second grade class or my third grade class. And so once I realized that, I even started 
like approaching my lessons more in a storytelling um, way. Like when I teach about the vowels, I act like they're, they're people that have personalities and that behave a certain way. Like when they team up as a vowel team or something like that, or the bossy R, because framing it in a story just seems to, I don't know, hit that primal part of humans where then we pay attention more and we care more. It's more meaningful and it connects us as well as humans, I think. Exactly. I remember so much when I first read, I think I was a teenager and I read, uh, it is a fiction, but it's a historical fiction, if we had that expression. Uh, it's uh, the diary of Napoleon's wife, Josephine. Desiree! Desiree? Desiree? Yeah. The, like his, oh my gosh, my brother yeah. gave that to me for high school and I got obsessed with Napoleon after that story. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I was reading uh, it for so long and... Uh, I don't know. And and I remember so much more of French history from yes, that than from my they, actual French history class. Because they feel like real people, right? Like almost exactly. like a soap opera or something. Exactly. So much like a soap opera. Exactly. And now I was reading uh, Wives and Daughters uh, from Elizabeth Gaskell. It's actually right there on my, on my table. And it's the same. It's the end of uh, the 19th century in England. It's not only it's not only the story. Well, it is like a soap opera too, but also about like seeing how they lived and uh, what their free time activities are and what they eat and when they eat and what their uh, what I don't know how they get together, how they get to know each other, and uh, what I found extremely well quite funny and interesting is that uh, they are like us <laughs> at the same time. So it's no 18, matter what time know, period, 18, right? Exactly, their their dilemmas, their feelings, their their concerns are so much the same that uh, that we have, uh, and yeah, I guess that's the power of storytelling. I love that. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to talk about that story later because I even found her portrait one time at a museum, and I was I felt like I'd found oh, a yes. friend. I'm like, oh, there you are. I, I know, know your you. whole life story because yeah. <laughs> I read your fake diary. Exactly, your fake diary, yes. <laughs> so good. So why did Booker, as an app, like choose to focus on storytelling? Is it, like y'all said, um, it was to focus on English as a second language, the, the English version of it, but the original Hungarian version, was that for the same reason? Or First of all, our CEO and uh, co-founder, Dorka, she's coming from a publishing family. So she really grew up with, uh, with books and publishing and uh, even journalism and magazines. Uh, so for her, it was quite, quite a nat natural choice when, uh, when it came to founding a business. Uh, and uh, she really saw that there's not enough high quality digital reading materials on the market for children. And this is how we started our Hungarian application uh, around six years ago. Uh, and she has a very good sense in making uh, or bringing together people who are readers and who are very creative, are very talented, creative people. Uh, in our team, we have a lot of illustrators, animators, sound engineers, uh, teachers, psychologists, uh, all readers, obviously. And, uh, and this is how uh, we create these applications that are all focused on stories and storytelling. Um, Yes, we already talked a lot about the advantages and that's basically the, the main reason why we focus on storytelling because it's, it's, it incorporates on one hand our love for reading, 
but also this special uh, special feature that through stories you can learn so much more than just uh, it's not only uh, yes a free time activity or it's not only about reading comprehension but it's a lot more than that um, for example it improves other than literacy and reading comprehension uh, 21st century skills like creativity or problem solving or humor even I, I also want to capitalize too, because I think that the digital piece also can mm -hmm. help students who are struggling a bit to um, approach text in a different way. So I know that there's more animation or, you know, the interactive, um, you know, way of interacting with the text by highlighting it or playing games, um, but also listening to like a native narration so making sure that it really is accurate to the time or accurate to um, the origin of where the story comes from I think that that's really impressive so um, yeah I don't I think we also should capitalize on the importance of sometimes even highlighting text so that kids mm -hmm. who maybe struggle with decoding don't get lost or um, don't get so caught up in um, the the difficulties of the reading itself, but really get engrossed into the storytelling aspect of it. It's almost like tricking the students. Like they're just hearing stories, story after story after story. Like they would watch a YouTube clip after YouTube clip and they don't even realize that they're learning vocabulary and they're learning phonics skills and they're learning comprehension skills and they're building fluency. They just think that they're having fun watching some animated stories and listening to them, right? Exactly, and this is why I think we don't have to be afraid of uh, digital digital tools. I know that many people, even we receive this sometimes from parents and, or from teachers that, I don't know, digital, like why would we want that? But that's exactly the reason because it has a lot of advantages. And these features that you, you listed, for example, in our case, it's animation, interaction, the narration, uh, text highlighting, or even educational games. These are all used as scaffolding. Uh, they, these features are all supporting each other. If the kid has difficulty understanding what they are reading, they can still listen to it. If they are having difficulty understanding the words themselves, they can look at the animations and the illustrations. Uh, so all these features, they all support each other. I love that. Like I tried to do build in all the supports when I was doing a read aloud. Um, in my classroom, you know, especially like helping the students visualize things, but you want the students to have some independent way to do that as well. Um, and so I like that y'all have built in all those things for an independent activity that students can do. I think there's something that's unique about our 21st century learners too. And that's, you know, you touched on this before, they've always had a tablet, they've always had some sort of a screen. And so they don't always have the ability to visualize without that crutch first. They learned the mm -hmm. visualization first. And so, you know, when we use brain pop videos or when we use um, some sort of picture cue that really helps students um, first get engrossed because um, it, as many adults, you know, were just listening to an audio format, we have multimedia all the time now and we really have to capitalize on that. We can't just teach children the way that we did before. Um, and I think that uh, this is a great example of, of how um, we do sometimes need to provide the visual first and then the kids 
get engaged afterwards. And um, that's just part of the adaptations of, of our technological society that we live in now. Cool. Exactly, exactly. And I think then you can always just uh, uh, vary what you are doing. So you provide a visual first, but then for example, in the case of a digital tool or, or an interactive book, you can always just decide to take away the pictures and just listen or to turn up the narration and to read it as kind of an, a real physical book or to make them look at the pictures only and then ask them to tell the story what they see on the pictures. So there's so many combinations or so much flexibility even with these digital books uh, that you can use that uh, yeah they can be very well uh, implemented into today's education. That's really cool. Um, I, you know, we are really interested in the research-based um, piece too. So um, what does the reading research tell us about storytelling? Can you give us some insights? Of course, and my educational team uh, was helping me with this uh, a bit. Of course, we are doing uh, some of our own research and also they are monitoring continuously uh, past researches and, uh, and the latest ones. Uh, the, Let's, let's start from uh, Irma Gan, who said that there are four particularly good reasons to use stories and literature in education, uh, especially in primary schools, uh, for their motivating and meaningful context, for their language use, for literacy and skills improvement, and last but not least, for their role in personal development. Uh, we covered uh, many of these already in our discussion, but, uh, but yes, here's now the... the the researcher who actually proved that uh, that these were very valuable. Uh, we use, in our case, for example, or in the case of Booker class, we use literature specifically for language learning because it provides a motivating and meaningful context. And, uh, and this was also uh, proven. It presents natural language, uh, language at its finest, and it fosters vocabulary development. Um, that's another reason, and that again, it goes back a bit to the previous question as well, why we focus on storytelling or why we decided to teach with storytelling is because it's all uh, implicit or all automatic. Uh, you mentioned this too. The students just read or just listen, and they don't even notice that they pick up vocabulary, they pick up the right grammar, and it gives them a lot of motivation to be able to all of a sudden use all the things that they learned from course books, they are capable of, uh, of understanding uh, what, what they were reading or learning uh, before. Uh, they also, uh, Gon also said that reading literature can promote academic literacy and thinking skills, uh, prepare children for the English medium instruction. I think this is specifically important today in the world of fake news and <laughs> and everything that's like coming at us. Uh, everything is available in English and by learning, uh, well, by having good reading skills, no matter on what language, if it's your native language or not, and learning a second language, it really allows you to have a much broader uh, experience of the world or, or the information that is around you. Uh, of course, reading comprehension makes it easier for you to, to understand if something's right or wrong or something's true or false so that's uh, another reason why it's super uh, important it can also contribute to the emotional development of the child and foster positive interpersonal and intercultural attitudes 
so it's capable of uh, uh, becoming a bridge builder across cultures. Uh, and I'll, last I'll, but not least, well, so I want to interrupt. Reasons. Yeah, and at that point, because go ahead. Um, I. I can see why the research has proven that to be true because I have seen that in my own life. I mean, like when I read, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, you know, when I was um, in middle school, I finally felt understood as a person, you know? And so that helped me with my interpersonal skills because I thought, okay, I'm not the only one in the universe that thinks like me and feels like me. And I felt understood and known and I've always connected with books. Um, where the character, you know, or the narrator feels like me. And then on the flip side, like the, you know, the interpersonal, um, my mom and I saw that too, like that statistic that like people who read fiction are more likely to be empathetic. And she said, well, yeah, we read romance novels all the time and we are so empathetic. We just know so many personality types and we feel like we can be in other people's shoes. And, um, we have family members who don't read as much fiction and they're not as empathetic, like, you know, because they're more like straightforward and nonfiction kind of. And so I think that reading that fiction and that storytelling, like puts you in um, someone else's shoes and then someone else's brain and someone else's heart. And you feel a little bit like you could live their life. And I think it makes you more open-minded and more tolerant. And um, like, I've read a number of books set in Asia, like um, Pachinko and Balzac and Little Chinese Seamstress, and I've learned about the historical period without even realizing that I was learning about it. But then also I've realized what it would be like maybe to grow up in that culture and have that mindset, which was very different from my, you know, Western American mindset. So I totally have found that research to be true in my own life and in my own reading experience. I, I love this too. Um, we did a previous episode, which is almost the inverse of this, where we were talking about books as mirrors and how people need to be able to see themselves. And um, I think that, you know, this is also really true and really important. We want to make sure that um, we are giving insight to new cultures and to new experiences. Um, I was actually thinking way back to when I was maybe... I don't remember the exact grade, but I was reading um, Little House on the Prairie and it was the one where it was Christmas and it was actually Christmas day. And I was so excited to read what was happening on Christmas during my own Christmas experience. And, you know, kind of like doing the juxtaposition of what was happening in my life and what was happening um, with Laura Ingalls Wilder and, and Laura and her family. And it was just one of those like magical experiences too. So, um, you know, I know that we all can reflect back on this storytelling, but I love what you said too, Shannon, about becoming empathetic and putting yourself in other people's shoes. I think that some people are um, more apt to do that. And some children are actually really needing a lot more supports to gain insight that way. And having those conversations um, openly and explicitly with our students as we read those stories can be so helpful, especially for those who have, um, you know, not as wide of a mindset or are very, um, you know, black and white or stuck in their ways. And, you know, we have a whole spectrum of people in our classrooms that, that come to us with a variety of experiences. So, um, you know, there are some who are very sensitive, probably like us reading. And then there are also some who really need that explicit um, experience too. So I think that this is a great entryway to, to um, all people. Uh, getting involved in this. So 
uh, the bridge across cultures. Books are just magical. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we as teachers and parents and just lovers of books um, celebrate that so much. So uh, love the research. Thank you so much, um, Anna. This is really great. What else can you tell us? <laughs> uh, just one thought reflecting back to what both of you said is that, uh, again, like reading comprehension, as I said, reading comprehension is important to uh, make a difference between, let's say, what's true or false, but also empathy. So, so we live in a very uh, uh, divided world, I think, right now. And uh, and if we can get more empathic, and if we can get a bit more cult cultural awareness through books, I really hope uh, that it can also help a bit this uh, this division and can really bring us closer because if you're empathic and if we understand what the other people from the other cultures go through uh i think that could give a lot of answers to a lot of problems that are around us 100 because you can see yes. what you have in common versus how you're different and mary if you remember exactly. that episode it was books as mirrors but it was also books as doors and windows so that we you know hmm. Readers need a variety um, of all three to really, you know, vary their reading life and then to, you know, have that full personal development that they can get through stories. Well, um, Anna, what can parents and teachers do to help their readers appreciate stories if they're not, you know, the natural story lovers like mm -hmm. the three of us are? Mm -hmm. uh well, we all are, but we still shared so many good ideas and uh, some that came to my mind uh, was like it came up uh, before. I think it's very important to be partners in the reading experience. Of course, I don't think you can expect a child to read just by giving them a book like, hey, read this and enjoy. Uh, I guess it's if from an early age, you're there for them, you support them, you look at the pictures together, you make up stories together, uh, you make uh, the children tell you what they see in the picture. You can come up with alternative scenarios together or alternative endings. How do you think the story ends? Um, I think it's very important uh, to, for example, ask questions about not only the storyline, but about the characters, how they might feel, what would you do in, if, if you were in their shoes? Uh, so to make this a quality time and bonding time together, uh, I think that's that's a one very good way. Uh, I think it's in both, both cases, if you're a teacher or a parent, it works uh, in both ways. Of course, I think it's important to choose the right book uh, for them. If yes, you need to make sure that the illustrations are uh, are appealing, age appropriate. Of course, the style of the text is also age appropriate and and matches the interest of that student. So this would be some uh, starter starter ideas or beginner ideas from. Too, couldn't you just tell stories from your own life? You know, like if a parent is exactly. telling, you know, the stories of their own parents or their grandparents or growing up in their time period and what it was like where they were growing up. And then also like my students as a teacher, they they loved hearing about my own children um, and what they were doing at home. And so, for example, um, I used to teach 
when I would teach nonfiction writing and I was teaching how to organize all the details into like certain paragraphs based on certain topics and why that's so important. I would always start with the story of um, when my son had like all of his toys in one box and they were so messy because we never could find any of his toys in his big toy box. And so we ended up getting like little bitty bins and like making a toy box, a little bin for the Legos and a little bin for the Marvel toys and a little bin for the stuffed animals and a little bin for the action figures and so forth and organizing the toys from the big box down to those little bins made the toys organized just like it would make the writing organized and my students the rest of the year would say oh yeah I got to do it like the toys I got to organize my sentences like the toys they remember that story you know that's a great example Um, And I think you're right. Anytime that you can bring something into um, your personal experience and share that with a child, it's almost like a mystery to them. They're very, um, they're very curious. They want to know, they can't quite imagine what it was like. And then giving that little insight to them, it's really special and appealing. And so, yeah, I think um, it's uh, that storytelling element just makes such a big, I don't know, impact. I, I remember almost all the stories that my mom used to tell us when we were little and we would just be like, but tell me something, you know, it would always be like, we'd get in the car and we'd go for a long trip and we'd say, tell us a story about when you were little. And I find that my own children, you know, are doing that too. And even the most mundane stories they find to just be absolutely hilarious. And, uh, it's such a wonderful shared experience. So, um, that's that. Especially because I I heard that, I mean, I know that uh, children in a certain age group, uh, early years, they are really interested in these very everyday uh, situations. And I know that in Hungary, for example, there's not enough uh, quality books for this specific age group where the storyline is really just that we go to the kindergarten and then we go home and these really everyday situations. So that's why I think these stories can work so well, even if it's from your own your own daily life because there is a certain age group and where there's all that they want. Uh, yeah, so I think that's very well. so true. I um I started this pretty early on, maybe when my daughter was like two, and we would be driving back from her preschool class. And of course, you know, you say, "Well, what did you do at school?" And a two-year-old is definitely not apt to tell you what happened ten minutes before. But I would not ask her. I would tell her about my day, and I would say oh, well, I dropped you off and then I had to go and put the laundry in. So I sorted all the laundry and I took it all down to the, you know, to the laundry. I pressed the button and then guess what? The cat jumped out and surprised me or, you know, something kind of mundane like that. And they love those stories. Even yesterday I can share because the cat is often a topic in our story, in our household. Um, and uh, I said, guys, you won't believe what happened to me. I was rolling out the rug and I opened the door just a smidge. And guess what? George, the cat just ran right out the door and he sprang all the way down to the backyard and it was raining. He turned around and looked at me like, hmm, this was a bad idea. I should not have escaped. And I was running after him without my shoes on. And I had cold feet in the, you know, cold, muddy snow. It wasn't quite snowing, but it was definitely rainy here in Atlanta. And my girls were just giggling and laughing. It's just those little details that you share with them. And 
you know, but yeah, the cat escaped. I grabbed him, but it's way better when you can share those details with kids. So mm-hmm. um, don't hold back on that parents and teachers. And I think it's already good for two things. Definitely the bonding. So you connect in such a different way than just this regular interrogation that's happening usually after the school days. And uh, and I think it really makes them more open up. So I can imagine that it's easier for them to, to share stories when they hear stories from you. Yeah, they can modeling see that this is how it's, Yeah, mm-hmm. modeling what the expectation is, is so important. And, um, you know, it does it it helps me open up a little bit more insight as to what happened with their friends or if they, you know, had any positive or negative interactions throughout the day. Um, so, you know, I know that it's, it, it also just kind of makes me giggle too. So that's, you know, make light of your day. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit more about some of the favorite stories, Anna, that you had when you were young um, or how did they impact your own life? I think it always resonates with people. Yes, I was uh, thinking a lot about this question. I had some favorite Hungarian stories. In Hungary, we have this series of books called kind of like polka dotted books or something like that. And they were published, I would say, in the 60s for teenager and young adult girls. And of course, they write about other teenagers. And uh, those ones I really liked. But two books that were super. uh, well, very important to me. I was, of course, a bit older. Was Pride and Prejudice, which I think I reread one hundred times since, and obviously Harry Potter. Uh, Same here with Harry Potter. And actually, I I'm just going to jump right in. Excuse me for interrupting, but I love listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks. They're mm-hmm. so well told. Um, the narration is incredible, and the voices are just fantastic too. I've probably re-listened to it like four times and like with bated breath and like kids, you need to grow up a little faster so we can share this together because they're still a little timid about, um, you know, monsters and spiders and things like that, but uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. No worries. Yes. It's, but, but this is what uh, reading also does or storytelling creating community, as you said. Uh, so these are well two of my favorites, but I really I think I was a big reader, or I I think maybe I still am compared to the 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 averages. Um, and for me, by reading is very important is because it's really traveling in time and space. You can go back two hundred years, one thousand years, even more. Uh, you can be in in the Budapest in the 60s that's what I'm reading right now uh, but uh, two weeks before I was reading the Where the Crowdads Sing Sings Crowdads Sing I'm in so the that's... middle of that right now too and I'm so excited about it Where the Crowdads yeah. Sings and so yeah in you know the Carolina coast and um, learning about uh, yeah no I'm totally enthralled Everybody has told me I have to read it, so I maybe be a little bit behind the <laughs> the eight ball with it. But I'm I haven't so read excited. it yet either. So I'll it, do it. it's my new motivation for taking walks. I got it on an audio book, and it's my new motivation to take <laughs> walks. I have to pair my my exercise with motivation. You have to multitask <laughs> uh-huh. for your reading as a parent. Yes, uh, Anna, did you read the Shelley school books as a kid? 
They were popular in Europe when I was, they were popular in France because I had to spend my summers with my mom in France. And so I would read English books and um, they were books set in um, Austria and it was like a girl's boarding school. Um, And they were set like, I think in the thirties and forties and people would go live on the top of a mountain in this boarding school, these British girls and then they would have local people come to like some people from Germany. And then they went through world war II and had to, leave Austria and things like that they're very good books but that sounds um, like something I would love (laughs) so see if you can find them like a WH Smith is where I used to buy them um and I um I ended up loving Harry Potter because of those books because it was a boarding school and it was set up similar to the chalet school and then I think that might have impacted me as a teacher too because I the chalet school was like this very warm place and it had um, people from like every day they would speak speak a different language like one day was French day and one day was German day and another day was English day and everybody from different cultures was welcome and they felt like a family and I tried to always set up my classroom that way too so it's just so strange how like your reading life um, when you're younger really does kind of impact who you become as a person. So, and then aren't we all looking for Mr. Darcy, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> we it's want like the nice the guy that <laughs> is a little bit rude sometimes too. <laughs> and we also want to be like Elizabeth, like confidence, yes. very witty, very smart. Exactly. Standing up for herself, even a time we yes. couldn't do that. So, um, well, is there anything else you want reading teachers to know about storytelling or Booker while we have you here? Well, now after this very pleasant discussion, I just, I know that probably everyone who listens to this, uh, this, this uh, episode is a reader already. But, uh, but yeah, just give books and stories to, to your students and your, your kids. Uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really delighted after this conversation and I cannot uh, wait to finish work and uh, I need to take the train to go home and to read my book. Uh, And don't be afraid of digital uh, stories. I think they can offer much more uh, than than what you might think. Uh, It can have these additional special features, the scaffolding, and uh, and they can be very complex and very helpful in, in education and in teaching. Uh, especially for for those who have difficulties in reading or in in speaking in a different language. And as a last thought, to connect everything together, is that we mentioned Harry Potter and we mentioned uh, the Where the Crawdads Sing, and I read read both of them in English as a second language speaker. Uh, So they're very good for language uh, skill development as well. Uh, I wouldn't have learned that many nature-related words if I don't read the Verdicrota thing. <laughs> and Harry Potter, I could read the read the last last volume ahead of time because I didn't have to wait for the Hungarian translation to come out. <laughs> uh, that was the one that I read in English. So uh, so reading is so good for the personal development, for the reading comprehension, but also for for language learning. And uh, I'm a very good example for that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Excuse me. Go ahead, Shannon. I have a friend who, um, he confessed that he was not a good reader as a child. And he actually, you know, graduated high school and finished college and everything, not as a strong reader. And he just sort of, you know, kind of got by with taking notes and being in person in class. And he learned to read as an adult with Harry Potter, that he was so interested in the stories that he, um, 
listened to the audiobooks and followed along in the textbooks and, and read them multiple times until he really could read it by himself. And then that kind of taught him decoding. So amazing. That's so amazing. That's really cool. I love that story. Um, Anna, if um, people would like to find you online, can you give us some information on how we can find you and get more information about Booker? Yes, and thank you for asking. Uh, well, we can be found, of course, on our website, which is uh, www.bookerclub.com, but you can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, I think since it's a very visual solution that we provide, I would also uh, recommend you to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we have a few videos where you can actually see the stories, see how the application looks like. Uh, and of course, if you'd like, you can just uh, log in and, and enjoy the stories. And we're saying Booker, it's B-O-O-K-R oh, yeah. without the E, B-O-O-K-R. Exactly, thank you. This has been such a fun conversation. I honestly can't wait to dive into my books as well. It's um, it's so enjoyable to kind of reflect back on this. So um, I hope that our listeners are also reflecting. And if you would like to reach out to us and, and send us a note um, on our Instagram um, a, or Facebook page and let us know some of your favorite childhood storytelling books, let us know. Um, and also let us know if you check out Booker as well and if you're using it in your classroom because I think that that is um, really helpful for our community too. So thank you so much, Anna. This was such an enjoyable conversation. Thank really you, Mary. Fun. Thank you, Shannon. I really enjoyed it as well. And thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Have a nice day.